0: I'm back. Did you miss me? Question mark. Hey, folks, it's Randy Wilburn from the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. I'm excited to be with you today. I've got a brand new episode for you. I know a lot of you are wondering, what happened, Randy? I hadn't heard from you in some time. It's been almost, well, pre-pandemic but since I've released an episode of the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. And for that, I apologize. The reason is that I am currently going through a metamorphosis or change, if you will, with my company, Encourage, Build, Grow. I'm focusing or doubling down in some areas that I'm really good at, and one of those areas is podcasting. So in the near future, I'm going to be talking a lot more about a lot of the podcast strategy consulting that I'm doing, how I'm helping design firms leverage themselves when it comes to a podcast, both externally for their brand as well as internally for their people. And uh, I think it's just it's it's about time. I, I've been messing around with it. I'm still doing training, I'm still doing some consulting with design firms. I just spoke to AIA Southeast region yesterday about with hundred uh, over a hundred architects. And had a really great time doing that with my buddy, John Bray, from over at the Zweig Group. And um, so things are moving forward. I'm just making some minor pivots within this business to address the things that I know that I can do really well and the value that I know that I can bring to clients uh, when it comes to voice and specifically podcasting. So you're going to hear more about that in the near future. But without further ado, I've got a great episode for you today with Brian McCartney from Archmark. We talk about LinkedIn. We talk about marketing and branding for design professionals. You do not want to miss this episode. Cue the music and I'll see you soon. Peace. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited today uh, to be here with um, the principal and creative strategist from Archmark, Brian McCartney. Uh, Brian is somebody that I have uh, actually had a chance to connect with online in several iterations over the past uh, couple of years, and then we got more formally introduced because he was one of the few people, well, not few, I guess there's a lot of people doing this, but he has held a regular COVID-19 happy hour online every Thursday, like clockwork at 4 o'clock uh, well, I'm sorry, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but 4 p.m. my time, Central Time. And so I uh, had a chance to connect with him and so many other um, you know, great thinkers in the design industry space, and so uh, I wanted to connect with him on a deeper level and bring him onto the podcast to kind of share some of his skill set and abilities with uh, with our listeners and just with the world in general because that's what podcasts do nowadays, right? You, they exchange ideas through voice, and you just never know who is listening. So, um, could be his next huge big client. You just never know. So I'm always excited about that. But without further ado. Brian McCartney, how are you doing today?
1: I am wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, Randy. I'm glad <laughs> we, we, uh, we got to uh, formally connect and I'm really glad to have the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners today. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us just a little bit about yourself. And as I like to say, and I do this in just about every podcast that I do, I've done so many now. But when I talk to people, it's always important for me to recognize the importance of the individual. So I would love for you just to give your, your quick cliff note version of your superhero origin story. I mean, who is... Brian McCartney and why should anybody really care about it right I mean I'm being funny but I mean just please please share just a little bit about yourself so uh my origin story is I grew up in a uh, small town
1: in northern Ohio um and uh from a very young age I always knew that I wanted to go somewhere like a big city and I wanted to kind of make my stakes so after college, uh, I, I moved to Chicago, and that's where I started my career in graphic design. Um, my family was uh, deeply rooted in the construction industry. My grandfather used to get, uh, he, he was a consultant and uh, kind of an engineering consultant, and he would uh, work on big, big, big projects like hydroelectric dams and highway systems and things like that. So I was I was exposed to this kind of really cool kind of like building and construction world uh, from a very young age. But my grandfather was also a uh, builder, like he was a carpenter. He had a wood shop in his backyard. And uh, he used to encourage my uh, design uh, skills by uh, he would give me a, a blank notebook and he would say, hey, draw something and then we'll figure out how to build it together, right? <laughs> So, uh, so that's where I kind of got inspired of you know uh, creating designs and you know first that started first in the physical world, but then uh, uh, when I went to school, uh, desktop publishing was coming of age. Uh, that's I, I'm not going to date myself too much, but that was uh, <laughs> uh, uh, mid '80s or so, and um, uh, I I really took to the computer right away and uh, learning how to uh, learning how to create. Uh, uh, graphic design and print design on the computer, um, and that's where I started my career in Chicago in 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 that arena. Um, I was really fortunate because uh, I I have a I have a great tendency to be in the right place in the right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, through, uh, through a series of, of fortunate events, uh, I ended up as a, a very young creative director for Unilever North America. If you don't know who Unilever is, <laughs> uh, just think about Lipton, uh, Ben & Jerry's, Dove, uh, all these big personal products uh, that you've heard of and, and probably use every day. Uh, Unilever uh, creates these product, products. And uh, I got to work uh, in, early in my career uh, this was uh, uh, late '90s uh, or so. Uh, we were trying to figure out how do we use the internet. How do we how do we get brand recognition, brand awareness on the internet? And that's that's what my team and I uh, really focused on. We were kind of the in-house department, so we would uh, we would get experimental money. We used to call it. It was yeah. like it's like corporate monopoly money. And they would say, Hey, here's some money. Let's go figure out what we can do for the this brand. And we had, had all these great brands to work with. I, I worked on projects for Calvin Klein, Elizabeth Arden Cosmetics, uh, Lipton Foods, uh, and many, many others. And so that's kind of how I cut my teeth in the internet world. And um, then I met my, uh, my future wife and... Uh, Uh, while we were still, well, we were living together at the time. We weren't married yet. Uh, she got the opportunity to move to Switzerland. Oh, wow. And so I was able to, uh, I had to find my own way over there, but because of my experience and, and, and the things that I knew how to do, I got hired by, uh, the largest advertising, uh, group in Switzerland at the time there. We were part of the BBDO network. If you're, if you're familiar with advertising, you know who BBDO is, um, we, uh, and uh, I, I went over there, my, 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 uh, my, my client, my, my big client was uh, General Motors. So I was responsible for helping General Motors uh, figure out how to use the web in Europe. And that was a really exciting time for me. Eventually, I started my own agency. Uh, my wife and I ended up uh, uh, creating uh, an agency uh, first in Europe. And then when we moved back to the U.S. in 2012, uh, we started another agency and that eventually evolved into ArcMark, which is, uh, what we've been focused on now for the past through few years. And I like to say with ArcMark, we've, I've kind of come full circle because I'm, I'm back in that, uh, construction and building the design world that I started out with, uh, you know, as a, as a kid. But, uh, I really enjoy the space. I really enjoy the people we work with and we have some great clients that I, I just, I love to see them flourish when, uh, we can get their message right and we can, we can get their, their online presence right. And that's really what we focus on is, uh, helping them use the internet, uh, to get better clients and better projects.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. That's that is uh you're absolutely right and I can't think of a better industry to serve in terms of offering your skill set and experience and I mean you had a chance to cut your teeth on the product side and on the overarching side of, you know, what, you know, what does a brand represent? Right. When you think yeah. about that. And I think a lot of times, um, and, and sometimes it's, it's doc well-documented in some of the information that design firms put out that they don't have a firm handle on what their brand really is and what their message is, yeah. their, their, why their mission, all of that is, is part of the Genesis of your brand. Uh, and who you are and and really what you deliver. Listen, I I know about this really well. And I'm actually even going through it right now as I'm going through an iterative phase of of just making some fundamental changes. And I think it's important that, um, you know, for design firms, even as they go through this pandemic and this COVID-19, this is almost like the perfect time to do a proper assessment, of their why of their brand are, are they reaching the people that they need to reach? Or are they just taking um, the first piece of RFP business that comes their way? Because um, to me, I think that because what design professionals do is so important Uh, And I think that there's just not enough of them out there that everybody has an opportunity to kind of pick and choose the work that they really want to do. And a lot of that fundamentally comes down to how you properly set yourself in the marketplace. And that cannot be done without proper branding.
1: Well, that's that's true, and I, I, you know, that's why we we, we tend to focus on three uh, things. We call them the three P's, right? What's your purpose? That's your why. What you talked about, right? Mm-hmm. What's your promise? Like, what what experience are you going to create for your clients? And what's uh, what's your position? Like, what what is that unique space that you can occupy that you know that other people can't easily deliver and uh, um, you know it's surprising because when you talk to design professionals, a lot of times they just they just you know they're so tied to what they do and 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 a lot of times really focused on serving their clients and and stuff like this but but if they just if you're just able to get them to take a step back mm-hmm. and and see the forest for the trees, uh those 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 opportunities are are really sometimes sometimes really obvious but sometimes they're just they're just right below the surface of where they are and it just takes that it just takes that process to bring it out of them and and to to really help them see oh yeah we we are really good at this <laughs> right we we have we, we have some amazing expertise and talent and 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 that can help shape the those 3 Ps in in a in a very uh, helpful way so that's a really core car, core core part of the process of getting your online presence right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And you know, when you think about it, um, Brian, it's like, uh, and I tell design firm leaders this all the time. I mean, you guys do such a great job in most instances of making your clients look good, but sometimes it's, it, it, there, there needs to be that own that that same reflection on how your organization is operated and how you're presented to the world. Absolutely. I mean, I, I tell my clients this
1: all the time, uh, look at yourself as if you're your own client, right? How would you, how would you counsel them? How, what would you tell them to do? Right. Right. It's, it's the same thing. And that's really our process is that, you know, we want you to kind of take, take that lens that you're normally looking at things through and, and just turn it around and, and face it inwards. Um, that's that's where uh, i think the the real magic can happen and 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 like i said sometimes it's just it's just right there it's just under the surface or it's just like something we've been like we've been talking about it all this time but we really need to Bring that in and and and
0: hone it and and own it, right? Yeah, hone
1: it, yeah. hone it and hone own it, hone it, and own it. I like that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's a new tagline that needs to go on some t-shirts. I think. There we go. <laughs> hone it and own it. So, so yeah. So I mean, obviously, you you are working hard, uh, you and the rest of your team, to help. um, your clients be more visible in the market to build authority and influence. Uh, You're right. I mean, because like you said, you want people to be seen as thought leaders in their respective space. And that might be a small space. It might be a small area of, of the industry, but still it's, 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 it's important for you to, to, to separate yourself from the rest of the pack in that. That way. And then I think you also talk about the importance of creating a, a more productive business relationship that builds more sustainable and resilient firms. And I like that. And I want to tie that in. And, I'm, I'm, and it's just something that I've noticed. And people that I'll, I'll put a link to your show, to your, um, uh, on the show notes, to your LinkedIn profile because it talks a little yeah. bit about this. But yeah. you, you mentioned that R word, right? And I use relationships all the time. I mean, you cannot do anything without relationships. Uh, I was just having this conversation with my wife this morning, and I'm trying to relay this the importance of relationships to my 15 year old son who still has a lizard brain. He's still defor- de- he's still forming his thought and thoughts and understanding life and 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 what things mean. But I- I'm just trying to explain to him the importance of relationships and how one thing, one connection can lead to so many others. And it's not just from a quid pro quo, hey, I do something for you, so you refer me to somebody else, so I get more business. Business. It's just right. those relationships mean so many different things. And I I, I I would be curious to know how you approach that 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 relationship piece when it comes to developing those business relationships for your clients.
1: Yeah, there's there's a <clears throat> there's a formula that we've kind of established that uh, it, it's called the five Rs, right?
0: So the first <laughs> Wait, thing so is So we got the three P's and the five R's. Yeah, okay, I like so, to keep yeah. things simple, I, man. No, I it's love like that.
1: You know, people are like oh, what what you know the, the they've got all these like formulas, right? Our formulas are really simple. So 5 Rs, right? You need recognition, relevance, reputation, you need the actual relationship and you need the response, right? So the recognition is just, you know, hey, did, you know, are you are you staying top of mind? Are you visible? Are you, you know, are you in the are you in the hunt? Uh, second is the relevance, right? Are you, are you the right fit? So are you, are you talking about things that are going to be relevant to those people that you're trying to build relationships with? Um, then there's the reputation. Do other people trust you? Are you, are you talking about those relationships that you already have? Are you using those relationships that you already have? Then, then there's the relationship actually establishing that, you know? Uh, using those common connections to build those bridges to the people that you wanna you wanna uh, interface with, right? Um, so we, a lot of that comes through. Um, you know, I I know we're gonna talk about LinkedIn and and LinkedIn it plays a, a huge role in that uh but then there's the response are you doing the follow up are you doing the work you know are you staying are you staying uh in front of these people and reminding them that you're there so those are my that's that's kind of how we look at it right you want to build trust you need recognition relevance reputation relationship and response that's that's going to get you there yeah, I love those. I, I may
0: have to just take those wholesale and uh, and utilize those. Uh, Borrow it, a, yes, I, I will do that. I mean, you know, that, that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So, right. Uh, but yeah, I love that. And the three P's because, I mean, they, they, they both resonate with me. On, on, on a number of levels, but I think people need to hear that and understand that they need to look at the bigger picture for what a race relationship really represents. And um, like you said, you said some important things in there. Um, relevance. Uh, making sure that the client understands and, and, and knows that, that what you're doing matters and makes a difference can make a difference for them. Um, And and I think the response piece is huge as well. It's something that is sometimes overlooked. So.
1: I, I just had a client the other day and, and actually it was today, sorry, today they sent me an email and they said, you know, I, I, we're, we're trying to help them connect with some people and they had, they had somebody respond back and said they were interested and then you know, in a meeting last week, because we, we have regular meetings, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, so whatever happened to that lead? And he goes, you know, I got to check in on that. And he had he had passed the lead off to somebody else in his organization, and I and uh, he wrote me back today. And He's like, yeah, followed up with my with my guy. Uh, turns out the email went to somebody else, and uh, he followed up with them today. Looks like it's going to be a great client. You know, it's that response you gotta you. You gotta you gotta take the responsibility. If you're gonna reach out to people and you're gonna try to build relationships, you have to take the reins and and guide that relationship. And that means having a great responsive follow up. Uh, so you
0: you remind people because people are busy, man, and they don't oh, care yeah. unless yeah. you make them care. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and and it doesn't mean that what you have to offer doesn't matter to them. It's just no. that people just need they just need that constant reminder. Everybody yeah. is being yep. inundated. With so much stuff. And that's all I need is you and your story, right? While I'm dealing with a million other fires. But if you, if you understand the importance of the follow-up, if you understand the importance of just staying in touch with somebody, you know, a no doesn't mean never. No doesn't equal never. No just means no for this moment in time. Yep. And' it, I think people don 't understand that right it's like as soon as you go out and, and you do some business development, you try to you try to get a new client and they say, "Hey no, we can 't do this uh, we 're not ready for that or this is just not the timing isn't right." All that means is that um, you just need to kick the can down the road a little bit more and be patient, stay in touch with an individual and, and start to build a relationship. So, you know, I always tell people, especially on the BD side of things, that when you are when you're out there, if you constantly are out there with your hand out as opposed to a hand up. Right. Where you're helping people out, you, you're, you may not always knock it out of the park, but I mean. Even the greatest baseball players ever and I'll use a baseball analogy, don't bat a thousand. I mean right. 400. We all know 400, right? That, right? So I mean, you, you think four out of 10 times that I get a hit, that that's, that that's otherworldly. So yes. why do you think you're going to bat a thousand? That, that it's right. going to happen every single time you go out. It just doesn't work that way. So, no. um, and, and I think it's, it's so important. And what you do, uh, what you do for clients in the design industry is extremely important because you are taking the time to reinforce those messages, um, to help those leaders and to help their team develop a mindset that allows them to be successful, even when on paper, it may not look like they're being successful
1: yeah no that's that's absolutely right i mean i our a, a large part of what we do is actually uh reshaping the thought process right i mean and and you know i don't know a lot of people talk about psychology and mindset and things like this i think I think it's a matter of shifting priorities a lot of times right because a lot of us uh, we get so so grounded in what we have always done mm-hmm. That we don't, we don't, we, you know, we, there has to be trust, you know, you have to, you have to have that trust to be able to take somebody and say, listen, let's look at things in a different way. Let's, let's start, you know, if, if, if what, what we've been doing may have been working, but how can we, how can we, how can we affect it so that it works even better? How can, we? and that's, that's another thing is that a lot of people think that we just come in and just do whatever, uh, you know, and, and reshape the playing field. Oftentimes, that's that's not ex- uh, what we do at all. What we do is we take what's already working and amplify it. Right. That and that's that's a key because um, you know a lot of people like they'll discount marketing or branding or whatever, <laughs> and they think, oh no, I don't. And they do it because they don't want to. They don't. They don't. They don't see the need or the relevance for that kind of you know like for a big change. And so what we try to uh, really talk about is not not like rethinking the whole thing but really taking a look at the process you're currently applying and seeing out how we can how are there little opportunities or gaps that we can close opportunities we can expand or gaps that we can close that'll help us
0: make a better engine Right, right. That's that's what we really want. (laughs) Yeah, no, that and that you're absolutely right about that. It's and and sometimes it's just those little incremental changes and minor tweaks that that make all the difference in the world. So exactly it can um, have huge impact. And yeah, uh, that's, that's what we're all about. I don't, you
1: know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, profess to go in and tell somebody that, you know, if they've, if they've been working for 60 years, their business has been around for 60 years, and they've, uh, they've got, they've got it done a certain way. I'm not going to come in and tell them, "Oh, that's wrong." I'm going right. to come in and tell them, "Okay, this is great. We've got a good starting point here. Now let's analyze this. Let's look at it. Let's let's figure out how to make it even better." Yeah, and that's that's always a better place to be.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so, so it's been about almost twelve and a half. I mean, uh, eight and a half years now since you've gotten back into this industry. Uh, and i I would imagine that you 've seen a lot of changes even in these eight and a half years from a marketing and a branding perspective so as you 've continued to develop Arcmark uh, in terms of what they do and how you represent and 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 help the design industry and design professionals and design leadership um, what w- how have you guys pivoted to meet the demand that you see? So readily apparent right in front of you, like right now, versus what it was like when you first got into this space in 2012. Well,
1: I think, I think for us, you know, uh, a lot of like the, the first, the first, uh, you know, years of us getting into this space were really more about learning, learning, you know, what, what's currently happened happening. And what we've seen over time is just that. Uh, well, first of all, there's a lot more people like us these days. And I when I say that it's relative, right? Because I <laughs> I'm often shocked at how few people there are actually in this space that are yeah. you know, allies like us in the in the branding and marketing space. But right. um but I have seen that multiply and that's actually good. Um I think different voices uh provide different perspectives and that's, that's really good. Um, it's, it's great to, it's, it's also great to have other colleagues, uh, to be able to, to reference and to, you know, maybe pull in on a project or, uh, or, uh, you know, bounce something off. Um, that's the one cool thing about this industry is that everybody comes at it with a very, uh, kind of like a, you know, just, just an open mindset. But, uh, I think for us, um, some of the things that have, have, I think, well, here's, let me, let me step back a little bit. So one of the things that we did in the first few years is really kind of just understanding, you know, what value we could bring to this industry. And one of the things that we saw time and time again, I mean, I've been doing websites for a long time now, almost 20 plus years now. Right. (laughs) And uh, um, so one of the first things that we noticed in, in, the design space was that a lot of firms just don't have great websites and you know and i and, and it's funny because uh, knowing as uh, knowing this area of uh, marketing and branding the way i do i can almost look at a website and tell you when it was created right, right and right. and so initially when we started reaching out to firms um, we uh, we had, there was a handful that we started with we went to an event and there was about 20 firms that were going to be at this event. And, and so I said to my team, I said, I want to go in with a, with kind of something that we can hand to them and say, hey, we've looked at your web presence and here's some things that we see you that you could improve. And, and you know, I don't want to call out names. I'm not going to mention the group or whatever. <laughs> but uh, when we went to this event, uh, nearly all of the sites that we looked at, I, I would say – 95 percent um had a what we would categorize as a failing uh grade on their website we look at so we came up with this test and it's really based on what google analyzes your website Mm -hmm. according Mm -hmm. to right so there's how fast is your web page load is it seo you know search engine optimized uh is it set up for mobile is it um uh, and does it have uh, security, right? So is it is it going to prevent people from hacking your site and stuff like this? 95% of those websites failed. So we came back from that event. We actually got a couple of clients out of it, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we came back from that event and we said, okay, we need to expand this because the whole industry can't be 95% fail, Right. Well, we did expand it. We expanded it to 450 firms so far. And um, so far, it's trending at about 75% fail. Wow. So out of- Three out of four. four. Yeah, three out of four websites. uh, And I'm primarily talking about architecture firms, so just so everybody's aware, that's what we primarily have focused on in this this iteration of this test. Um, uh, Three out of four have uh, what we would consider a failing website. So they're deficient in either any one of those four categories I mentioned or the combination of their deficiency is such that it brings them down uh, below a, 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 a passing score. And that doesn't even account for things like uh, ADA compliance, which uh, uh, most architects aren't aware, but uh, they, your websites also need to be ADA compliant, mm-hmm. uh, and things like and, and privacy other, policies. Yeah, and other yeah, yeah other issues like privacy and and, and things like that. So, yeah. so yeah, uh, pretty shocking. And uh, so so that that knowledge has really allowed us to kind of go out and say. Hey, we've we've kind of analyzed a lot of websites. We've got this data now, and it's really helped us to kind of um, open open up doors, but also open up conversations with potential mm-hmm. clients to say, you know, we do know what we're talking about. This is something we've analyzed, and we know how to fix this. So it's yeah. uh, I, that's the biggest thing I've seen is that more there's more, and especially now with this whole COVID thing, I. So many firms are coming out of the woodwork going, "You know what? we need to do something. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out another way to attract, find, and connect with uh, you know partners, prospects, promoters who can help us build those relationships that we need uh, to grow our firm and that's that's one of the big things that we focused on in the last few months.
0: okay. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, I love that. I mean, four hundred and fifty firms can't be wrong. So um, clearly, Brian knows and his team—they know what they're talking about. So I would encourage you guys to connect with him if you need some help. It's—it's like I always say, Brian. You know, whenever I've done training. With design professionals and we talk about the importance of social media. Well, social media requires that you be social. So, you yeah. know, if your only post in Twitter is taking the Twitter Twitterverse by by uh, force or whatever, but it was back in twenty twelve and this is 2020, then right. you know you need to go and update your your <laughs> your profile. But we see that all the time, right? It's like it's like somebody told a design firm leader that you need to be on you need to have a greater social media presence. And then they have like six posts on Instagram. 12 on Twitter and, you know, a couple on LinkedIn and they just kind of go from there. Exactly. I mean, that's,
1: I, I, I see more of an openness, uh, you know, uh, since when we started, I just see more people are open to these conversations now because they're starting to understand, oh yeah, yeah, we need to do some other things, especially now that we can't be out in person and, and, (laughs) you know, shaking hands and, or, bumping elbows or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and I think the thing, the point to that, to to your point with that is that simply that all that the pandemic to me has exposed that we've got to be able to communicate to our audience in season and out of season right now we're out of season. Right, yeah, meaning yeah. that you know, and I'm just using that phrase, some things are done in season, there are times when you can really reap a harvest and really grow something, and then there are other times when you have to you have to be tilling the soil and and right now, I think this is the time for firms to till the soil to turn it over. You've been growing for potatoes for so long, and for those of you that know have have some agrarian understanding when you grow potatoes, the potatoes sap up the nutrients in the dirt, and the dirt has to be turned over consistently, otherwise you won't have. Solid crops in the future, um, and that goes for a number of crops. but the idea here and the principle of what i 'm talking about is think of uh, of your company and if you 're not going through and and redoing some things and and figuring out what 's going to work and what 's going to provide um, the greatest level of awareness. Uh, for your organization then you're missing out. and I, I can't think of a better time than right now during this pandemic. I know it's tough for people and I know it's hard sometimes to walk and chew gum at the same time, but you've got to do it and you've got to come up with some ways for, for you to, to, to continue to develop your voice, to develop your state, your mission statement, and and um, to really make sure that you are continuing to think from an iterative perspective and not be stuck in the past. So so you mentioned a couple of things, Brian, and and one of those was uh, LinkedIn. And I would love to kind of dovetail into that kind of conversation because I'd like for for this to be valuable, not just for the firm leaders, but for anybody really that that happens to to take a listen to this particular episode. But I I know that, that you have some expertise in LinkedIn. I've used LinkedIn considerably to build and develop relationships. It has opened the door for me to get business. Um, it's also opened the door for me to build and develop relationships. I mean, it is it LinkedIn represents so many different things and it's still in its even as, as much as it's being used, it's still in its early phases and there's still, there, there's still a lot of room for growth within LinkedIn. And I think a lot of people really outside of just posting their profile are missing out on the bigger universe of LinkedIn and what it represents. So um I, what what was your prime motivation for, for using LinkedIn and, and what was, you know, what kind of got you involved with LinkedIn?
1: So um, when, when we moved back to the U.S. in 2012, uh, we moved to Florida uh, to be uh, closer to my late father-in-law. He had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And mm-hmm. so we came to Florida not knowing anybody in the business community not you know he had retired here he was not involved in a local uh, business community so we really started uh, from scratch um, and uh, initially the way we did that was a lot of in-person networking uh, joining uh, get you know getting on boards of uh, directors with the chamber and uh, several nonprofits I was running I was running uh, a couple of different networking groups and very involved in all that face-to-face networking. Um, we started working with a business coach about three years ago, and one of the things uh, we looked at was how we were spending our time and our money uh, as a business. And what we what we realized is that we were probably spending almost a quarter of our time uh, towards uh, these. Networking uh, opportunities. So every month we were spending probably in the neighborhood of fifteen to twenty hours. Uh, uh, well, not not quite a quarter. Sorry, uh, a little bit less than that. But we were spending fifteen to twenty hours. 50, uh, sorry, fifteen to thirty hours a, a month going to networking events. And uh, you know, I'm talking about you know here in Southwest Florida you know, we you got to get in a car to go anywhere. Right. So, uh, you know, driving to and from going to the event, uh, bar tabs, uh, food tabs, everything else that, you know, comes with that. Uh, and we looked at it and we were like, wow, this is really, it's really a heavy investment and not only of our money, but our time. And, you know, cause you got to pay to be in these groups and things like that. And so what we, uh, what our, coach challenged us to do was to look at other opportunities to get in front of people. And I've been on LinkedIn. I had been on LinkedIn since, I don't know, maybe like, I think it was 2004 when I joined maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, how can we get in front of other businesses? And I really turned to LinkedIn LinkedIn initially uh, to kind of supplement the the networking but when i really started to realize what i could do with Net- linkedin i gave up all that in person network not all of it per se but a lot of it i gave up uh uh and and started focusing on using linkedin to connect with people
0: yeah yeah. So, and I mean, gosh, I mean, you think about, there's so many LinkedIn experts out there nowadays. And I think I'd love to just kind of, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the advice and information that you can give now could be helpful for anybody, but specifically for AEC professionals. Um, I know if, if you want to compare LinkedIn to other platforms like Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, how would you rank it uh, in terms of its effectiveness Um for, for you as a design professional to get your point across to the widest audience possible?
1: Well, listen, I think one thing I want to make clear is that uh, the best social media platform for any individual is going to be, number one, the, the platform that you're going to use, and number two, the platform where you can get in front of the audiences that are that you're going to be able to sell your services to, right? So for most of our clients that is linkedin um, now that there's there are exceptions absolutely there are exceptions to rule where uh, some some firms come to us they already have a big facebook following or they already have a big instagram following they may have even won firms on those platforms mm-hmm. but for most of our clients um, the linkedin is going to be the best bet and here's one of the, one of the keys to that is that LinkedIn really is a platform for doing business. And, you know, people come to LinkedIn for that purpose. Uh, If you're going to Facebook, if you're going to Instagram, it's typically not because you're looking for an architect. (laughs) And that's that's what, you know, you you say it like that and people go, oh yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. (laughs) But but with LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a platform that people are accustomed to to uh, connecting and uh, building business relationships on. Mm-hmm. And and so that's where we usually
0: start with a lot of our clients when it comes to social media. Okay, yeah, no, I love that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's just, you have to think of which pla- what the platforms represent. It doesn't mean that you can't do business on the other platforms. Absolutely. Um, because honestly, I, I use Facebook sometimes Mm -hmm. just as much as I use LinkedIn to do some research or to check in on somebody or somebody that I know that knows somebody else that I'm trying to know. And just to do, just to do research to gain a little bit more perspective about an individual before I reach out to them so that I have context and I have an understanding of who this person is and and possibly how uh, they can help me. But more importantly, and I want people to hear this, how I can help them because I think it's so much easier When you go to people, especially on LinkedIn, and your approach is more, what can I do for you, not what can you do for me? um, Because, you know, I know you want to say something about that.
1: Yeah, you just said something that is uh, really important. Research. Yeah. Right. So, so here's here's one thing we did. Um, so I'm I'm a I'm a co moderator of uh, the Entre Architect uh, Architects and Allies group. And the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I asked the group. We've got about 700 members in there right now, and it's a free group. anybody can join. If if I'll I'll, I'll include a link. Yeah, for please. Randy. I, I'd love that. Uh, and it's a great resource for for architects, but also people in the AEC industry and those that support them. So uh, the other uh, a couple weeks ago, I I posted a poll in that group, and I said, "I said I want you to go to Google. I want you to type in your name, and I want you to tell me if LinkedIn comes up as one of the top links on your on your first page of results." I think it was something like seventy six, seventy seven percent of the people said yes. LinkedIn was a top link on on the first page of results. So when when People are thinking about uh, looking uh, for more information about you, or when you're thinking about looking more more information about them, LinkedIn is often one of those first links that's going to come up when you search somebody, and that that research part is really important because one of the first things that we tell people uh, when it comes to using LinkedIn is you got to have a great profile, and you right. got to have a great company page. Those are yeah. those are really key uh, starting points and it's it's because so many people go to linkedin to find out more about you and your firm it's it's a obvious starting point
0: yeah no it, it really is it's 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 a place that that you you want to get there and and for somebody that has um hasn't really done anything. Cause I mean, it's, you know, I can tell as soon as I go through and see a profile, I can tell somebody that's just basically done the formality of just setting up a LinkedIn account. Mm-hmm. And then those that, you know, are, are like you or me and some others that are like LinkedIn power users, because there's so much that you can actually do with LinkedIn. I would love for you just to kind of, A, give a couple of ideas and thoughts. And again, this, this could apply to anyone that yeah. things that they could do um as it, it, you know that they're probably thinking you know what Randy you're absolutely right my profile stinks i have mm-hmm. i have basically literally went on linkedin one time I never respond to anybody that reaches out to me. I don't do any of this stuff, but why don't you give people like the things that you see, the the biggest mistakes that are made, how can those that use LinkedIn sporadically kind of change that and, and not necessarily, they don't have to become a power user, but how can they get on the right path to, to getting the biggest bang for their buck from LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, okay, there's there's a couple of things that I, I really typically focus on, and I would tell anybody uh, as a place as a starting point. First of all, you want to open your profile and you want to look at it. Um, there's four key uh, uh, pieces of information that are displayed in your profile. Uh, the first is your profile image, right? So a picture of you, and it should be a picture of you, not a picture of you and the team and, or not a picture of your cat, um, and you know i 'm making fun of a little bit of uh, some of the things I see, but uh, it definitely shouldn 't be blank uh, yeah. even if you just you know you just need a headshot all you need is a front on headshot that 's well lit it should your face should occupy about sixty percent of the 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 circle uh, yeah. so so that you can recognize that it 's you <laughs> I often tell people like you know uh, uh, I, I you know if I met them in person I, I went on LinkedIn and I couldn't tell who they were because I didn't see any images of of the person that I had met right so you want to make sure that your your profile image is there uh you wanna um obviously you want to have your your name i a lot of people will put their uh certifications and things like that in their name I don't generally recommend that because that messes up search a little bit most mm-hmm. people don't search for uh, I don't know, you know, Joe Smith AIA or Joe Smith NCARB. Or Joe uh, Smith SMPS. Or... Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, you, there is a place for you to put your certifications in your profile, um, but it's better to, to have your full name in your, in your, in your profile at the top. Um, then there's a thing just below that called your headline now it 's called a headline because it should be a headline it 's not called a job title, which is right. what ninety nine percent of people use it for. Right. Your job title can go down in your your experience section. What you want to do is in that headline, you want to tell people uh, a little bit about who you are and uh, usually what i I try to do is I try to get people to talk about like you know wh- who do they serve. And then uh, why should people care, basically, is what I, <laughs> I try to, you know, like. So uh, so, so mine is something like, you know, I help AEC firms communicate their value and expertise so they can attract and win uh, better pro- clients and projects. Uh, it's something like that. And then I add a couple of things like, you know, I'll say like, uh, I think at the end it says like, featured featured on uh entre architect smps and some of the other places that i've spoken or 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 or, uh been on so those the the your your profile your name your headline and then uh also nice to have a a kind of a branded cover image so uh, linkedin gives you this nice visual space to put in some maybe some project photos, Uh, that's what we've done with a couple of clients, Mm -hmm. put in a series of project photos up in that cover photo area. Or you can, you know, if you're a speaker, if you've written a book, whatever, you can put that up there. The, 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 the last area is the about section. So the LinkedIn gives you this place to kind of write an about section. And that's where I, I recommend you talk about the problems you solve, the solutions you offer, and the benefits that that provides for your clients. So, um, that's kind of a quick summation, uh, one of the things that a lot of people ask me is like, well, I haven't been on uh, LinkedIn and I don't know how to really get started building my network. Well, you obviously have people that you're connected to in real life. So the first place you should start is by connecting, making sure you're connected with all the people that you already know on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, and and that'll help you kind of get a starting point at least in, in, in starting to build your network. Um, at least if you start connecting with those people, you'll then be able to go see, oh, who are they connected with, right? right and you always right. got to think about it from the perspective of, like, who do I want to connect with? Not specifically what are their names, yeah. but, but who are they? What, what, what is their job title? Where do they work? And things like that. And if you can build that profile, it's more easier for you to search and, and see who, who are the connections you have that might be connected to those
0: kind of people. Yeah. No, and, and you're absolutely right about that. Um, I, I know that I have um, made it a point to really develop it. When I got back to uh, when I was working at Zui Group at the time, I really made a concerted effort. I had used LinkedIn a fair amount, but I never really became a power user until I got back into focusing on uh, design industry firms and working with their needs and um, mm-hmm you know, and it just, it kind of took off from there. And now, I mean, I look back now and I have so many contacts on LinkedIn and oh, yeah. I, I just think about all the people that I've met through LinkedIn. I mean, I love meeting people on Facebook, but, but there's nothing like meeting new people on LinkedIn and interacting with them. And here's a big thing. You can tell somebody that really is on LinkedIn versus somebody that isn't. Cause just oh, look yeah. at the number of people that you've said happy birthday to, and yeah. they don't get back to you for like six months. Those yes. people just aren't on LinkedIn, and that's okay. Uh, those that respond back to you right away, then clearly they stay on top of that. And I like to stay on top of it because, again, if you look at LinkedIn as a portal for your business, whatever business that is, um, the idea is that information and communications always flowing. It doesn't just flow every six months; it flows right. on an, on a on a minute by minute basis. Which is why, you, if you're gonna Spend time on it. One of my recommendations, and I'm sure you probably share this, is that, you know, find one or two social media channels or platforms that you want to work on and go deep in those. You don't have to be everything to everyone. But and, and especially if you're going to do LinkedIn, then go all the way in. I mean, write some articles. Um, post as much as you can, link to other people's interesting articles that really move you and help you do your job better, um, that help you lead your people better. All of that information helps you to become kind of a thought leader within your own little ecosystem there Mm -hmm. within LinkedIn. So, you know, I mean, Brian has his, I've got mine. And I, I try to make it a point at least two or three times a week to put some really, well written post together, and I probably link it to an uh, an article. Like today, I did one on the habit of journaling first thing in the morning, and it's from an article written by um, uh, Ben Hardy who has written a book recently, but Ben talks a lot about human performance and just, you know, um, he's an organizational psychologist, but he focuses on the individual and how they can just be the best version of themselves. And one way is by journaling. And so I shared that this morning and simply asked a question, how many of you are journaling on a regular basis? And how is it helping you to really frame your thoughts? Because what people don't realize, and I'm sure you know this, Brian, that is um, most people, um, you know, our brains can only hold so much, and if we take in or, or, and create a space for us to release some of that information and put it on paper, um, it has a, a a greater opportunity or greater chance to um, to ultimately come to reality for you because you you're been you you're able to download it. It's just like with a computer, we upload data to the cloud, we upload it to storage places so that we have it for later when we need it. And with journaling, it does two things. It um, it specifically... Uh, helps you reinforce whatever your goals, whatever you're trying to do within your organization, um, uh, whatever you're trying to do for yourself. And then it also, um, it, it helps you, it serves as a a repository uh, for you to share this information so, so that it's not all stuck in your head. And uh, I'll end with this. Because like what I said about, specifically about writing and journaling is that, you know, everybody's worried about, oh my God, I don't want to write because I don't want to have to share this with anybody. Well, it's just for you journaling is for you. It's, it's, it's right. a, it's a uniquely intense um, private thing, but doesn't mean that one day you know somebody will find your journals you know decades later or centuries later, like they did with marcus aurelius or um <laughs> or socrates and or Seneca rather, and they you know they took their journals and published them because they were so profound. you don't know how profound your your thoughts might be. you right. just need to keep track of them. They may just be for an audience of one, but it could end up being an audience of millions so
1: so So um, let me ask you a question randy um you You, you posted this.
0: Um, so, uh, did you, did you tag some people, you know, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned that I, I need, sometimes I forget. And that's the thing. <laughs> that's the challenge with doing a post is I try to tag people most of the time. Yes. I always hashtag yes. some, some things I'm, yeah. but actually I did. I I tagged one person. I tagged Benjamin Hardy because he wrote the article and I've yeah. connected with him a few times online. Um, I mean, of course he's probably the, the most read, write Arthur, author of mag of articles on medium.com yeah. he's got his own website and you know yeah. he's you know he's kind of broken all kinds of records when it comes to that and basically came out of nowhere just a few years ago but it was all through his persistence but yes I did tag him good yeah. I'm i but but I should have tagged a few other people a few, yeah. a few other thought leaders and people that I know that would that would jive with that especially people that I know that journal because it just reinforces the idea but then Absolutely. it also exposes like it May incline them to say, you know what, Randy just tagged me. I'm going to share it, and then yeah, that's and that's the virality of, of or
1: obviously. or they'll comment on it or or they right. like
0: it or whatever, right.
1: and that that gets sent to you know that'll get sent to some of their followers too. Right. Um, another thing you can do uh, to uh, get more, uh, I guess, juice uh, from LinkedIn <laughs> is uh, one of the things that I do is that when I create a post like that, what yep. I'll do is then. I'll go in and immediately after I post it, I'll just put in comments. I'll just put in really quick, I'll go in and I'll make a few comments uh, below the post. They're my own comments, but LinkedIn doesn't seem to mind that these days. And um, what I'll do is I'll pull out little snippets of the article or little points that I'm I'm making in the article Mm -hmm. and I'll put those in the comments. And LinkedIn, uh, you know, Haven't checked this in uh, you know a couple weeks, but LinkedIn will. uh, Previously, when I would do that, it would give me more views on those posts. Hmm. So Hmm. I was going from like, let's say five hundred views in 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 you know forty eight hours to like fifteen hundred in twenty
0: four. Yeah, so that's huge. That's huge. And, and, and the views thing is important, is important. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've had a couple of podcast episodes with some individuals and I could tell that they had a far reach because my views went off the charts. Like I had one, I had one guy on um, the, I did a podcast for, for Zwei group. I still do the Zwei Letter podcast for them. I do a lot of podcasting for a lot of different firms, but uh, I did one with a specific individual and his, the post that I put out on LinkedIn I mean I'm I'm over like 25,000 views. Yeah. That's a lot of views. Yeah. And is. uh and 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 the, it, the those views have been have been in line and in lockstep with the number of people that have actually gone to physically listen to that episode. Absolutely. So it's huge. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's I mean, you can't pay for that. I mean, no. and I didn't pay anything for that. You can't pay no. for that type of exposure, but it's, but it will, you know, it'll take on a life of its own, but I routinely on I have you know, stuff that where even where I don't post and tag a bunch of people, I'm routinely getting, you know, several thousand views on a regular post over the life of it. But then I have a few that have just gone yeah. viral, viral. And you're like, wow, okay. Yep. And um, that's, I mean, that's how, to me, that's the real value of LinkedIn is how you can quickly leverage that. And I I did that with that particular episode within the span of about a week. Uh, it, it had gone from zero to like 15,000 views. right? And then ultimately I keep track. I keep going back to look at it because I can only see it. Everybody else can't see it, but right. you can only see how many views, like if you post something, you can see it everybody else can't see it. they can see how many people have liked it or things of that nature and consequently the the likes for that particular post have been in several hundreds which is really good yep. too uh but yeah i mean it it just takes on a life of its own absolutely and that's
1: that's so uh you know we, i think you mentioned it kind of uh in in some of the 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 setup but um you know, there's three things that we try to help our clients do on on LinkedIn. Number one is we we help them increase their visibility. The second is we help them build their influence, their authority, um, and then uh, the third thing we do is help them to grow this relevant relationships, uh, this 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 network that they want to build. And um, uh, we use these little tricks like this. I mean, I'll, I'll call them tricks, but they're really strategies. Um, of, of trying to amplify that content, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, I have a client who he wants to be the nonprofit architect in his, in his location, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what he loves to do. Uh, we, we, we've started doing this with him, uh, where, uh, we're just, we're posting content for him. Where uh, you know he's talking about his uh, what he does, how he does it, his th- design thinking, uh, and it's uh, it's it's been highly successful for him. He actually signed a six million dollar project last week for a nonprofit wow. because because they saw what he was doing on LinkedIn and and they were like, you know, we need help. We they they were kind of in trouble on a project. They had an architect that. Uh, they just, they, they, he, he kind of went way over budget with his, uh, with his, uh, uh, uh recommendations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were like, we need, we need somebody who really understands us as a nonprofit. They saw his, his content, what he's been posting. I mean, we just had redone his website as well. So that, that certainly helped. And, uh, and he landed this project within just a
0: couple of days. It was, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, that's no. the power of linkedin <laughs> it exactly that is the power of linkedin uh to the tune of six million dollar design fee so i yeah, mean you know something so. like that is and that's not that's not uncommon right i mean it, it just right. it's kind of the way that it works
1: and it goes back to that you know right time right place kind of thing right you know it if you're not out there if you're not you know and it, it it's funny because he gets all squirrely when we talk about like you know self-promotion right mm-hmm. and and I had this discussion with somebody else uh, recently you know it 's not the object here isn 't self promotion we 're not just going out and talking about ourselves because uh, uh, you know we want to we want to you know promote ourselves and, 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 and be the big cheese right, right. we 're doing it because we 're showing how we can contribute how we can bring value for other clients and we're not doing it on a like, Oh, I'm the best. I'm, I'm the expert kind of way we're doing it in a way of like, Hey, this is how we helped someone else just mm-hmm. like you. And that's a big difference. I think, I think architects, uh, especially as an industry, uh, they definitely, they, they do tend to, you know, they shy away from this idea of self promotion of putting themselves out there as the experts and and you don't have to do that. That's not what we ever you know. It's not what I would ever condone for anybody. Really, don't don't just go out and be like, oh yeah, I'm the I'm the guy you want to talk to. Right, right. Show them, show them the value that you bring. Show them what you can do for them. That's the difference that we we, we try to encourage people with to focus or as, on. Or
0: as we like to say, don't talk about it. Be about it. You know, yeah, Just exactly. Get out there and get it done. Exactly. So. I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's awesome. You can have that. So, um, well, man, as we wind up, I, I do. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners in terms of, um, just in terms of just kind of making sense of all this? Because I actually know there are people that have really not even jumped in at all when it comes to social media, when it comes to LinkedIn, for fear of you know not doing the right thing. And I I honestly think that um, there is no wrong way to get started i just think you need to get started and then iteratively grow from there right and um
1: so yeah i mean i I would tell you this you know if you look at the people who um you know have have great social media followings i mean there's people that come Come to mind, you know. Enix Sears, a business of architecture. Uh, Eric Reinhold at Thirty by Forty. I mean, uh, there's some people out there in the AE space, specifically architecture space, that are just doing a really great job of, for providing uh, great content. Um, uh, Mark LePage is another one at mm-hmm. uh, at uh, Entre Architect, um, and and. You know, if you ask these guys, and if you ask any one of them, you know, well, how did you get started? How, how did you figure this out? The truth is, is that they'll tell you they just started, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. You know, they had an idea, they wanted to share great content with an audience, but but this this is a it, it's a thing that that you have to get started. You have to. Uh, we like to say progress over perfection, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's not about making something perfect and having it go out in the world and be the shining light for everybody to follow. Right. It's about learning step-by-step step a process where you can share content with the world uh, that that helps them understand the kind of value and uh, credibility that you have. Um, and that takes, that takes time and effort to learn how to do. Um, the biggest thing, the biggest thing you can do in that regard is make it a routine. Um, I like to I like to tell my clients, you know, uh, it doesn't take a day, uh, a week, right? But if you spend fifteen to thirty minutes on uh, social media every day, mm-hmm. you know. How many days does that add up to, right? I mean, yeah. it, you know, it just, it just takes time. It, it just takes a routine and it has, it, it takes a, a matter of just being clearer about, okay, what am I going to do today? What am I going to share today? Um, uh, how am I going to, how am I just going to keep this conversation going? And that's the key, really. We're not, you know, uh, it's fun. It's funny. I have a, you know some clients. They they think about LinkedIn and they go, well, I don't I don't know how I'm gonna sell my services on LinkedIn, right? It's mm-hmm. not about selling. It's about starting conversations. Mm-hmm. You're building relationships. You're not you're not. You're not trying to close deals. Nobody's going to – very few people are going to buy a project from you on a social media platform, let's yeah. face it. Yeah. But if you can start that conversation, if you can get get them to the point where they see you as somebody worth talking to about the project they have or the idea they have, and they see you as somebody who uh, has helped others like them, uh, that, that you have credibility, that you have others' trust – Um, that already puts you well ahead in the conversation path than somebody that they just found, uh, by looking them up online or, uh, heard about in an article or something like that. Right. So that's the real power of LinkedIn is really just starting those conversations, having, building that credibility, that, that influence we, we like to call it influence Mm -hmm. and, um, uh you know just just being invisible man having having that routine and and being out there uh uh sharing sharing your ideas sharing your thoughts so that 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 you have
0: a chance to get heard yeah no i i love that that's a i think that's a and that's a great way to 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 kind of butt, wrap this this conversation up this is just uh this is the beginning we'll have to get back and and have a, another conversation because i think there's a lot of i think um um Brian gave you some really good um uh tips. But I think that uh, there's still more to be said about this, and I'd love to get other people's feedback about the things that they're doing um, to 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 make their presence known on LinkedIn, whether they are a firm owner, firm leader, or just somebody that works at a firm and, and wants to talk about all the cool things that they're doing within their group, right? You don't have to be the leader of a company to, um, to have your presence felt on LinkedIn. I mean, this is open for everybody to take advantage of, so... Uh, I really want to encourage you to do that. And, and I appreciate Brian for taking time to kind of give us some direction and just give us some, some things to talk about and to think about. And for those of you that are listening to this and have not set up a LinkedIn profile, you need to go and do this today. Just whatever you do, get off this podcast, go right to linkedin.com and set your profile up and then let us know how it goes. And, uh, you know, whatever feedback or help we can provide for you, we'll certainly will do that. And with that said, uh Brian, if people want to reach you, what's the best way for them to contact you?
1: Well, the... Uh... To get a hold of me uh, personally, uh, all you have to do is go to brilliantbrian.com. Now, I spell my name a little bit differently. Uh, it's B-R-Y-O-N, so I like to say it's Brian with a yo, yeah. uh, but, but uh, com That will actually take you directly to my uh, LinkedIn uh, profile. The other thing I want to mention is that we have a a great and detailed article. So if you're somebody who's looking to get started uh, building up a great profile on LinkedIn, or Mm -hmm. if you want to... Uh, If you want to, like, revamp your profile, if it needs some TLC, Mm -hmm. uh, we have a great article, very in-depth article on how to improve your – how architects uh, can improve their uh, LinkedIn profiles. You go to arcmark.info slash perfect hyphen profile. So it's arcmark.info slash perfect dash profile. And that'll take you to this article that we've written uh, on our blog. Uh, It's a very detailed article. It's over 8,000 words. I spent like two months writing this monster. Yeah, Uh, But it covers every aspect of your LinkedIn profile and also talks a lot about some of the things that we've discussed um, in, in more detail uh, some of the reasons why LinkedIn is such a great platform. And it also, I I will say, I I try to challenge some of our assumptions about our traditional ways of thinking, uh, when it comes to building relationships and business development as well. So it's, I I think it's a really interesting read.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And I I love that. And I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that you're doing some of those really long, long form, uh, email, uh, email, uh, Posts or re- not, rather blog posts, because those have a lot of power in and of themselves, and they're the kind of posts that you can go back and update as things yeah. change. And yeah. so there's a lot of value there. I have to talk with you offline about the 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 efficacy of that and how that's worked out, because I'd be Absolutely. interested to hear, especially in this space. But uh, we'll make sure that because that's a long that's a long website address. We'll make sure that this is on the show notes so everybody Absolutely. can get it and they they know how to reach out and connect with you. Uh, you're down there in Southern Florida. So, you know, uh, if you're ever down in that area, please reach out to Brian um, and, and check in with him because uh, I'm sure that uh, it would be well worth your time to do that. And um, just, you know, or, see or you what's can, going on. You can on.
1: also go to you can also go to arcmark.co as well and uh, right. check out our website. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's
0: plenty of options. There's plenty of options. But yeah, We're around. Um, we're around. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much, man. This has been a very informative um, episode. Uh, it ran even longer than I thought it was going to run, but there was a lot of good stuff shared. So we'll make sure that we get all of this to to our group and uh, and share it with the audience and continue to expand it. And we'll give it to you in a format that you can share with your audience as well. So we appreciate that. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Randy. Uh, Again, it's a great pleasure to be here talking to you today. I uh, uh,
0: really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Encourage, Build, Grow podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Brian really brought it today. He provided a lot of in-depth information that I think everybody will find helpful from the top, from the C-suite on down to entry level. Uh, there was something there for everyone. So thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we are going through some transformations and changes here at Encourage Bill Grow, and I want you to kind of stay alert as we uh, as, as we continue to evolve and, and do that. But as I had said earlier on the podcast episode, the, the co, co- COVID-19 has, or or as we call it, the pandemic has definitely um, caused all of us to do some introspection and to determine exactly what we want to do and what's the most important bang for our buck, if you will. And so even here at Encourage, Build, Grow, we're working on some things that I think everyone will be excited about. I can't wait to share more about that in the future. Uh, it does mean more podcast episodes, greater frequency, greater opportunities for you to hear uh, this voice and others like Brian's. And uh, we, we hope to share that as much as possible. Certainly want to encourage you to check out our Facebook page uh, at Encourage, Build, Grow on Facebook. You can look us up there. You can follow me online at Randy Wilburn on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, we really appreciate everything that you do. Remember, I want to, I want you guys to do this. Do this one thing for me. Just get 1% better every day. That's all it takes. You don't have to make these huge strides on a daily basis. That's not reality. Reality is just working on one thing, going all in on it, and continuing to perfect yourself each day as you try to do that even better. So 1% better every day. That's my advice to you. I'm sticking with it. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can rate and review and find us wherever great podcasts can be found. That's all I have for you today. Randy Wilburn signing out. I will see you soon. Peace.